episode Off 23 podcast post guild chat show um skip some fishing uh was very very awesome it wasn't a very long podcast for a, a show for a start it was 30 minutes to be fair these these haven't been very long i just want to i just want to add as well that the arena net television thing has kind of returned yeah, you notice that like that's not like been that. something it's, it's brilliant it's guess where it guess i think the last time we saw it properly was during heart of thorns not gonna lie it seemed to be very very prominent during heart of thorns path of fire it was there but it wasn't as i think it's because back then they wanted to do something and they wanted to continue it for a very long time they wanted to have like a i don't know bi-weekly monthly show yeah where they did stuff but it kind of got you know um uh, mothballed, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that gives me a good idea that I just had. Classy, I love it. That I will put towards it's to Emerina. That that is an idea. Okay, oh. so <laughs> you have to tell us now because we're in pod, podcast live. Podcast, I can't, I can't tell be you because <laughs> I don't know. I need to work it out myself. <laughs> like it's an initial idea. We have these. The I chat needs to know, Jebro, what was your idea? <laughs> I just got a mail, email. It was from uh, COVID-19 pre-arrival to university. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Skips and fishing. So, uh, one, the set looks beautiful. I still love the set. They haven't changed anything about that. The actual show itself was good. It was with Ruby as well as... Uh, oh, actually, let's move through here. They showed off the trailer first. Uh, which we've already seen, which got us pretty excited about everything that was coming up anyway. And then they, they kind of just went straight straight into it. Like, what were your initial thoughts when, not speaking about any mechanics or anything specifically, but they showed us the city. They showed us in-game footage live of the actual get, of the actual expansion, which is pretty much the first time other than, you know, maybe... Um, when they've been showing off some builds and like uh, these specializations, like what was it like to actually just see End of Dragons like live, like part of the game, which we're actually going to see? Because that was the first thing I was like, I was like, <gasps> oh, yeah. it was kind of surreal because cool. we've been we've heard and we've known of End of Dragons for like two years now, and yeah. so finally seeing like in game, not just trailers, but people moving around in game, seeing hero points, seeing gathering nodes. There was even a little tool tip at the top right about an event where you had to go help the the fisher and the merchants mm. transport their goods. So it's really just lovely seeing the effort and the developers' work come together, even in in an early stage. I'm, of course, we don't know how long, how how far along these these maps are, but just seeing this is it's, it's quite nice. Mm. Okay. It gives you a little rush. To see yeah. it actually manifesting, right? Like, we've been talking about it, thinking about it, speculating about it. To be like, oh, this is a real thing. Like, people are in the game moving around. This isn't like a pre-recorded deal. This is happening live. It, it gives it a, a sense of of uh, a texture that, like, we can be more in touch with it than we were weeks or months ago when it was all just talks and ideas. So I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. And I think what it does is it gives me an idea more of um what we can expect coming into end of dragons because of the fact that pretty much all promotional material and including this has been in Xingzhe monastery area just the beginning there mm. so 
So I think we could probably expect that whatever the story that brings us to End of Dragons shoots us directly into the Xingjing Monastery to begin with, right? Like, Yeah, that would make sense. And it'd be a nice yeah. call to factions, like you start in this area. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know what happens past that, and but uh, but yeah, it's it seems very like a nice little starter zone for us. Yeah, and one thing I want to point out that Noxie had said, uh, mm-hmm. they said, by the way, did people notice it didn't uh, seem to be very saturated and colorful as people were complaining about? And yeah, I mean, if, I think the trailers, when people create trailers, sometimes whatever they're editing, the saturation, the bloom, some of these things and the values go up. But seeing mm. the in-game was a bit more of a truer feel. You're like, okay, there's no there's no lights and makeup on this trailer. You get to actually see the fidelity <laughs> of the maps. You get to see the scaling, mm-hmm. the color palette, what they're going for. So I like how... I like how Ruby was like ridiculously scrolled in on her mini map just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby that was like, no, I'm not getting by today. It, it looks very um, autumn y. Like autumn y or spring. I guess, it, like, I don't know. Autumn, yeah. spring, and summery. Yeah, I agree. Oh, <laughs> um, but, not, but not like, yeah, like really bright, like you're saying, Noxie. It's like, you know, the pink's kind of toned down a bit and. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty do nice. That, do y'all think that Xingjie will be like the um, the Amnun Oasis of this expansion? There will definitely probably be an area of Amnun, and I want to. I would. Uh, we've ca- kind of talked about this before, but I love it when expansions have a central hub that you go back to, and mm-hmm. all the players gather around. We kind of had that with Path of Fire and Amnun, so I really hope that there is a town, a city in Xingjie where yeah. kind of all gather. I think that's exactly what it's going to be like. I think Xingjie is going to be the Amnun of this expansion. However, I hope, hope upon hope, because Amnun is like kind of a hub of uh, of Path of Fire, but because we have all of our not other great, cities though. so close, mm-hmm. um, it's not a real hub. You know, it has some stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have everything. Um, so I think that's what Xingjie is going to be like. But I really hope that Kaining City is an actual city or like has at least some aspects of what the other cities have that's true player housing <laughs> something something if they dump player housing on us like in the weeks leading up or something that would be a mistake they're gonna explore there it would be two, good they would be a mistake there are that... two missing masteries i i'm very keen to see what those two are that's true, actually. We don't have those. Okay, well, let's talk about something that's more important, and that's Nick's shirt. Yes. It's very good. Oh, <laughs> it's lovely. very yeah. good. It, it's probably the most important part of the, of the whole show, in my no opinion. No water bottles. It was no water bottles. It was the shirt this time. <laughs> Amazing. Beautiful shirt. Love it. Keep it coming. I don't know what a lot of this is. I think it's just leaves and stuff. Like it's done up. It's classy, classy guy. That's all I'm going to say. Um... Okay, so let's fast forward here a little bit. Uh, we actually talked about, so, and I'm sorry that you all missed this because it's uh, in the top left hand side, but we do have masteries and I can, uh, I'll pause them and I'll also read them as well. So there is going to be masteries. Actually, they talked about this very early. Was it the masteries they talked about? Who's talking about it right now? Let me just lift this up a little bit. Fishing mastery line that you're going to yeah, fishing masteries. Okay, so this is the first one. 
So the, the fact that these masteries, because they talked about this before actually showing us anything to do with fishing, and that was because I think they wanted us to understand what's actually going on in the game footage before um, we actually got anywhere. So in terms of these fishing masteries, I've written them all down as well. But I was fast. He's prepared. I did all this during the podcast, yeah. during the show, yeah. And so there's full throttle deep depth charges, which sounded very, very fun. The speed boost one, there's a I fishing party. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all awesome. I didn't write the exact details of each one. Um, but in the... Uh, this is note-taking, Chris. You, like, you, you, when you're done with uni, you're going to be you're gonna be so good at this. <laughs> it's just note-taking. Oh, yeah. um, or you could just not take notes like I did. <laughs> there you go. I'm oh, more of a, a natural sponge. Just yeah, that's what I yeah, do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Put my head next to the teacher, and then like... I'm like Jebro. I'm also old. I took a lot of notes. Yeah, ah, it's good. Um, but like more bullet points, so you can just be like, oh, I remember now. Okay. Um, so fishing hole master was the first one. Reduces time to catch, uh, to catch at fishing holes and triples the XP gain from fishing there. So like all of these masteries feel like quite impactful and actually useful. And I think this is one thing with Masteries in Guild Wars 2 where I'm like, how good is that? And how useful is that for the thing I'm currently doing with the stuff? You know, through, I think through uh, Icebridge Saga, I've felt that, that with quite a few different Masteries. I was like, that's very specific to this map. Like, the cro- like you, do you know what I mean? Like, it felt very specific to that map or to this one thing I wanted to do or to opening a specific chest. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So it's more like a like a gliding master or a mount mastery versus a <laughs> map specific mastery. We feel yeah. like generally these are quite these are quite helpful and useful and fun. Were they fun? Are they fun? That's a good point. Some of them are. Yeah. Uh, Which like one? The the one with the skiff where the echo or the missile thing where it disperses and sinks all the enemies. Death I think that was cute. That has kind of like a combat interaction in a way for you to prevent yourself to be like put into combat but Mm. other masteries i actually don't think they needed to showcase all of them because they would it was love that they they did it's definitely communication and but i think overall (laughs) they showcased all the masteries but we didn't really get a sense of them we just kind of got the information of what they were i think the information was enough frankly like i I kind of know Exactly. exactly but i have a feeling i know exactly what everything is now because of the masteries well yeah you know what everything is but playing it you don't really feel it we don't really have any idea of how impactful these are because the, they all had max masteries yeah. the fishing it was just kind of like so this is what the mini game of fishing was but it was useful to have that information for us to prepare and understand what type of masteries are coming but it wasn't probably it, it probably wasn't the most useful information uh they provided but it's just back, it was all the information yeah yeah i think it was all to like older masteries like heart of thorns where yeah. we had more to do more grinding to kind of get things finished like the original gliding masteries for example the mm. in the butt finish you really felt the payoff of those because you actually spent time at each level right mm. but thinking about the mount masteries and path of fire you blow through those you don't really perceive the difference really because it happens over a few hours of gameplay if this is more tilted towards like the like a uh, a more uh let's say recent progression pace for masteries i don't think people are really going to feel the progression at all it's more tuned towards play sessions than it is grinding over time mm. and then what's the specific mastery which increased well, not, 
there was a specific mastery which increased XP when you gather from fishing. So yeah, I the hope first that it does feel more of a of like a a lengthier progression system. That's kind of what I think you're alluding to. I like that too because if it's quick, hmm. then a lot of these masteries are just kind of like, okay, so why 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 didn't fishing give that much experience and speed from the start? Why did we have to unlock this if there's just like mm-hmm. a yeah, it's just. I, I agree like with you, Deke. Feeling of progression without actual progression. Yeah, Deke, I agree with you. A mastery that's specifically just to unlock other masteries is like, why is it even a mastery? Yeah. I mean, the good thing is, like, it can encourage you to go into the world to get mastery points, but I, if I'm remembering Path of Fire, it wasn't that hard to collect what you needed. So No, it only really got challenging towards the end of Icebrood Saga, at least for me. I started to run out of mastery points. Yeah. And I hope I that the mastery system, I, because we don't have like a traditional level, leveling system where they increase the max level, we only have the mastery system as that classic leveling progress to feel like we have some some goal, at least when the expansion first launches, to go after certain masteries. So if they kind of go by too quickly, which I think Path of Fire Mounts did a little bit, it would be nice if for this expansion, it allowed you to spend a bit more time with that mastery track and feel the improvements as you go i i'm gonna add something which actually almost completely negates even you know maybe caring about the mastery pack uh mastery line at all i'm being like you know i want to get through this because guess what i want to do i want to get What's towards that? the punny and amazing collections that exist within each map and like that is just a side thing where it's going to help me do it quicker like i feel i feel like there's almost this the master is cool. The, I think the master is cool and fun and interesting, but I've always been like, you know, it's just going to get farmed out and you won't care about them later on. And you'll just be like, oh, I've got this skill on, you know, gliders where I can stealth. Um, <laughs> and I never use it. Um, but it's it's kind of fun, I guess. Um, it definitely seems like you're going to be fishing for the collections. You're right, Jeff. Yeah, you're, it's you're, like... You're, you're fishing for the collections, um, whatever that special secret... Um, uh, bonus that you get that Ruby was hinting at is um, and probably I, I want to say you're going to continue fishing after that for the food that it makes because mm. what's because the food going to do though? Right, right and food. probably it's going to be relatively expensive in when you trade them in the trading post because it did seem like it wasn't you know it's not just a, a thing that you press F on and get your your um, get your wood. This is something that you actually have to try to do, and the more yeah. the the more difficult things to find are probably going to be even more difficult to catch, which mm. means that there's not going to be that many of them on the trading post. So I think, especially at the beginning, know, I think this might be mm. a lucrative, at least at first, a lucrative uh, profession to do. Good lord, there's more it, news it, on the it, Guild Wars 2 website. Oh, Sorry. There's more stuff. Oh god. Alright, well Good. let's let's do this first and we'll talk about that yeah. after. Good lord. I, I think this also has oh. like a much longer time commitment, fishing will. Yeah. Because it's an actual minigame. So depending on how many fish you get and the required amount of fish. I these could be extremely expensive uh, in terms it of could what be extremely expensive. I I honestly think that so I think that they're going to need to make they're going to need to make the food that the fish makes 
really, really good. Or else as soon as people have done their fishing collections, nobody's going to fish again. Yeah. Well, the collections are repeatable, right? Are they? I don't think yep. they would be. They specifically called out they're going to be repeatable collections. Okay. And All right. So that's one way to... They mentioned the payoff. So, and there is some specific language in the screenshot of the collection that I notated. Um, it, both of them specifically called out occasions for oh. hope, which sounds okay. a lot... The language sounds very similar to what we've seen with like the legendary collections. Oh, that's interesting. So that's a good way to get around the drop-off if the food is on par with all the other food because you wouldn't want to fish it for just the materials anymore and then the materials will go down in price. You'd fish it for the collection specifically, repeatably. Oh, yeah, Mastery you know, level 461. I think it's this kind of thing across RPGs. You can fish up all kinds of things. It doesn't have to just be fish. They haven't told us mm-hmm. it's something other than fish, but... You know, Imagine the legendary aqua breather. <laughs> what's the, the, the thing from World of Warcraft? Like the four, uh, Tibu's blazing longsword, right? That's the, that was the yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> or Ash Springer, all the speculation about that. Uh, Can you imagine fishing up so Hothin? Or like, I mean, why four? not? <laughs> I, I feel like it's <laughs> probably more likely sometimes that so you fish up this random, like, awesome. I mean, Dig, you've played New, New World as well, fishing, right? You, yeah. can, you can fish up a would a sword covered in rust you can pick yeah, up yeah. boots you can pick up any kind of gear that i, I think any kind of gear. right they didn't talk about any kind of no. junk items you could no. push up eh? i mean ju- there'll Not be a yet. junk they'll add a junk collection i reckon for this maybe as well they should essentially at least so when you're fishing yeah. And you're not in a specific node i feel like it would feel it would feel rough if you're out of node and that's what i want to talk about Kruf. that's what i want to talk about junk i love no junk. no <laughs> No, because yeah. look so they said you could you, you as soon as you get your fishing pole you have a skill that shows you where the nodes are right oh yeah but then they said yeah. okay but don't worry this this node here isn't the only fishing spot uh there's fishing spots all over Tyria. you can fish anywhere in Tyria. Mm-hmm. but they didn't specify whether or not you could fish without a fishing node or not i think they did they did, did they start yeah, they said that you could. Can they replay? Because I really did not hear. Them. They said they could fish anywhere in Korea, mm-hmm. but they didn't Gotta say. Gotta listen, you, pupil. They didn't loop. say. They didn't say <laughs> you could fish where there aren't nodes. Yeah, they did. They said you can I fish in open did. water, but if you're fishing on a node, you have increased chances of higher like rarity of fish. Did they really? That's what I remember hearing. You want how much you want to bet? I mean, if two people are saying it, if two people are saying it, then I have to agree with you because I mean that's you know masses. Deegan, I uh, split it. <laughs> I can't remember either boots if it helps. <laughs> yeah. I was probably taking notes about the previous thing, but I, I would okay, well, that's good. I'm I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that yeah. because I was worried that it was only at nodes. That's good. Yeah, well, well, which could be in line with like the existing gathering systems, right? I mean, why mm. would you not go to a node then, I guess, other than wanting to do it in peace and quiet? And maybe if a really rare fish is outside of a node, and like the or chances don't even matter. Pop on a map? It also, yeah, they also might pop up in different locations. Yeah. So it might not be like a very consistent thing. That I don't know about though, actually, because I don't know if you noticed when they were switching between points of views of all the characters in that party. Yeah. The node was in the exact same place every time. Well, like on a daily reset or. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe a daily reset. Draconis Mons has boiling water. We will be able to fish there. There'll be specific boiling, there'll be specific fish for that region, probably, yeah. That's I would a good say. point. No, but there's going to be specific ones. Well, they're going to be specific fish. Who's going to be the first fish. person to put a skiff in the Draconis Mons water? 
Or I want I want server first. I want like world first for fishing. I actually think Maybe that would be really good. You are really invested in this fishing. Skin? Sorry, Dig, what did you say? Maybe you need like a special like heat proof skin, like a special a premium skin on the. Well, didn't they say something about a special outfit that would help you? I with want fishing? a swordfish sword. Yeah. Why Ooh, not? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But wait, 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 wait. Didn't like they it. say something about an outfit that would help you with fishing? I swear they said this at some point. I didn't hear an outfit, but I did hear that you can like increase your fishing level. And, I want like, a fishing outfit. Have improvements. Yeah, fishing power. A new fishing stat. Power. Yeah. Where, where are we going to get this stat from? Is this going to appear on gear on yeah. amulets? This is, is going like, list of stats with magic. Finds. Give me oh, a boy. fishing outfit that I add stats to, and I have to craft, like in flipping Final Fantasy XIV. That idea of having specific gear like to craft is like awesome. Or, Amazing. Are, there's different baits and like. Line Does board. that mean celestial armor is going to be? They're going to add fishing power to yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, oh, not, everyone. <laughs> Old school oh, diving set to fish. Slot guys, best in slot. See, I reckon at the beginning, like you should start like without a fishing rod, and you should just be throwing like a spear or like just like hanging over the water and just like randomly keep like picking up fish. <laughs> you have to go to the Omicron and grab a spear gun and just like. <laughs> Yeah, and just like, and that's how you like level up different levels of. I mean, let's talk, let's talk about the actual um, mechanic and the actual gameplay of fishing as well, because I feel mm. this is very interesting. Because I'm not sure I've, I, I there's definitely different ways of doing it. I think this is a different way. Like, definitely, there's there's two bars. Wait a minute, let me see if I've just gone past this. Uh... Also, the inventory management of this. There will definitely be. Dedicated characters to fishing. Oh, I'm screwed. Mm, true. I'm actually All, screwed. The amount of bait that you have to get. Here we go. Oh no, that was skiffs. Wait a minute. We saw saw fishing first. I think I skipped through this. Um, do, do, there we go. Oh, there's so much. Right, let's talk about the fishing I first. Can't wait to talk about. But right, right, right. So there's law. Oh damn it! I missed the I missed the uh, thingy majig. I want the tool tip for the law. So they've got lure bait and what else was there? That was it. Um, yeah, the raw doesn't seem to be an item. It seems to be just an ability, right? So yeah, yeah. Like and that's below the below the weapon swap. So below the weapon swap, we now get the skiffs and fishing. That's a specific yeah. thing. That's interesting. That they've added or keys to bind. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, that's true. Because they only just have added the um, the button above the weapon swap anyway, which I only just noticed the other day when we were playing the flipping. <laughs> We were playing the Lightbringers place, the new players experience. I'm like, what is this button? <laughs> like, when when did that arrive anyway? Um, but that's that's quite cool. It's there and it's not going to be mixed over with everything else. I still think it's a very tiny area to put something like that. But like, you know, yeah. new players into the game, they're going to need some instruction. Okay, anyway. Just toss that into the novelties like tab. It kind of just functions like a novelty. I mean, I guess it's not a novelty though, is yeah. it? But you could that means you could have like novelty skins for different fishing rod looks. Yeah, that's true. You can have different things. I think I'm mean, they they definitely are they gonna have fishing rods? <laughs> anyway. We have yeah, fishing the, rods in the gem store? They could. I'm saying like skins, yeah, component fishing rod, I didn't really notice. No, nah, it wasn't nothing special. No, but if they put it into the novelty, I'm only thinking of like the, the sales aspect, like they could make different <laughs> You get a glowy one, right? You get course. a glowy yeah. legendary, a legendary fishing rod, 
Orange's legendary fishing. Actually, that's a good point. I think that's where we get right. the um, that's where we get the fishing power from, the fishing rod. Probably. No, oh, um, no we get it from the lore as well. That oh yeah, the lore. It's on my screen right now. Doll at all, did they? It's it's like there screen. was like an extra slot in the paper doll for a fishing rod. Uh, they did say that it would have would not have durability. I guess it does imply it's an item. Yeah. Maybe. No, 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 Maybe no durability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an actual. It's like a an unarmored piece, I guess, or a weapon specifically. It looks like. But like, but like here, it says jade fishing lure plus fifty fishing power. Used in conjunction with fishing rod and bait to catch the fish. So there is like actual stats added to lures and different bait. So they, so I think they're going to have different lures and bait for eat for different areas maybe depending on what the region is so and fishing maybe. power might not be the only thing like with other crafting like glyphs that you can put on certain things it's like speed it's like efficiency capacity like there's a whole bunch of things they could like add to this yeah look there you go a type of bait for fish eggs a type of bait that can be used in conjunction with a fishing rod and lures to catch fish plus 50 power so you've already added 100 power with the lure and the bait right there and it nice. looks like they're blue. So I'm wondering if you're going to have different power. So like green, blue, you know, I'm wondering if there's going to be that exotic, basic, etc. And then you might have even like a legendary lure or something. I it's, don't know. Do you know what I mean? End game gear treadmill that we yeah. were all waiting for. <laughs> I want a strike boss that you have to fish out of the water. Actually kind of interesting. Oh, look, there you With go. Lure. Nightcrawlers as well. That's another type of bait they've got. That's 25 power. Okay, so there are lesser ones, but it's the same color. There you go. Yeah, that would be interesting. A strike boss fishing thing. Well, interestingly yeah. enough, like there are two different uh, Eastern MMOs I've played recently. Um, and Kruf, you may have you may have hit this in on on uh, Bless Unleashed. There was a fishing event. Which you, which you can do if you go to a specific area and you're running through as a new player. And also in Elyon, which is another Eastern MMR-built um, game, whatever. And they both, like, that one actually has a fishing event which pops up and it pops, points you into this area and you start fishing. But the thing is, there's a leaderboard, but, like, who, who like the amount of people who have caught fish is the same in the uh, Bless Unleashed as well. And it's really involved. Like, you really want to win because you can get decent, like, reward gears and gold. And it's like, whoa, I want to do this. I want fishing competitions. There I would better say, be some fishing adventures in End oh, Dragons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to do it. Someone's going to do it. If I want to do it. I want to do a fishing tournament. I want to do the first no, like, fishing tournament. Let's do it. The adventures introduced in Heart of Thorns. Like, that's the the best way to do a leaderboard system for people to be competing to like the fastest time it could do an adventure yeah as i said <laughs> did you say adventure you know, cool i thought you like said a... sorry but... <laughs> my bad or how about a uh, guild mission oh a guild mission for they did say guild halls the fishing hot spots right yeah. that's true that's true do you reckon they'd do that deke <laughs> no would they do it oh that's the tough question whenever i want fishing like it's likely i do want yeah. it though yeah i want so much more guild content but probably not it is upsetting fishing guilds guys fishing guilds You're i'm, I'm fishing probably guild. gonna be a fishing guild there will definitely be fishing guilds there will 100 percent be fishing guilds mm -hmm. okay so the the mini game itself 
uh, of yeah. fishing. Are we? Is this? Is this a fun? I, I like the two different bars. I mean, the footage is on screen as well. Will be coming up very shortly. And if you're listening to this, try my best to explain this. But the vod will be available. Um, you'll be able to access your fishing rod in the bottom left-hand corner below the weapon swap key, and then you kind of cast your line. And and but you when you cast it, you actually have a little target reticle that you might have for like any AOE that you cast in the game. So you have the reticle right, and you put it in the water wherever you want. But like you should on screen right now, we've got the main the main fishing area. What what's it called? Just the fishing hole, I guess. Um, and you press one, which is this little cast line target, and then you just throw it out there, and that's your line out right. Wait, there is this angular sensibility it detects fishing nodes and temporarily marks their location on the compass. Okay, so that's what you do essentially like first, right? Yeah. Okay, and then you cast your line out. Um, but this game, like, you've got what do they call this bar at the bottom? I've so, got, no, actually. so hang on, does, it, does that mean that you can only detect fishing holes when you have a fishing rod out? Probably. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. Think about that. So you have to be really focused if you want to fish. But like, hold, hmm. hold on a second, though, because I don't know if it's a dev op- dev option or what. But when um when they were on the skiff, one of them saw a fishing hole off the side of the skiff, and I don't think they pressed a button for it. It's possible that they. When they pressed the button, it like detected it four thousand away or something. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I remember mean, them saying that 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 specific ability, the angler sense, is available on the skiff uh, skill bar. Well, there you go then. Yeah, Scott says something in chat as well. Um, yeah. So you have either fishing rod or yeah. skiff then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. What you're saying, boots. Uh, like the further away. Sense. Fish sense. <laughs> My fish sense is tingling. My fish oh, are tingling. <laughs> so they've got all of these uh, different icons as well they're still working on. So obviously it's not going to be like a little green sign with the man doing the, the little well, person doing the fish. Fishing, I think it's shoveling. It <laughs> <laughs> is. Yeah, it's work. Like that's the notes. I like the animation when they catch the fish. That's classy. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. Like the but bottles. this minigame, I'm so happy that we actually have an interactive mini game as yes. a mastery system because well, what what is it that you like about the mini games like rather than a specific just you fish and you press one button maybe on the on the just the fish to pick out because yeah elder scrolls online i like to make a lot of comparisons between these games because they're very very close um in a lot of because respects I, isn't that great compared to this i feel i never feel excited when i press f on a tree or a mine, or an ore. I think in this circumstance, I hope that I will feel much more engaged and excited to actively like go through fishing. And Proof you're right. I too, I too never feel excited when I have. I know it's a novel concept. <laughs> Not many people can empathize with it, but I was brave enough to come and say it. But in the case of fishing, I do think that this being the third expansion, it's 2021, also just like for longevity's sake, having something where you actually have to be engaged in the content, no matter how small it is, such as fishing, it's a nice little little update to keep me like interested in playing and focused in on the game. Yeah, effing trees, effing rocks, effing bushes, I just never get excited. (laughs) Oh, Kruv just got it. <laughs> I was waiting for that. No, no fish effing. No fish effing. Oh, I just, okay. No, I got it. Okay. Thank you, Kruv. 
Took you a while. Uh, <laughs> you were very <laughs> focused like, on your words. I was like, <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. It's okay. This is not clean. Okay. I can't write my I actually clean, really huh? wondered coming into this if there was going to be a mini game or if it was just going to be a press <laughs> F. I, yeah, I kinda, exactly. I kind of had a sense that it was just going to be a press F, and I was a little surprised to see how much was going to go into catching these fish. It's true. You're right. Now, like, yeah, if, if it was just effing a fish, then forget it, you know? Like, I, I'm happy that it is a mini game. Me too. So with so with this, you you can draw. So you can pull the line, and um, obviously, like to you know get the fish. And then you've got these. So that's the one ability which changes. And then two and three, these arrows to manage this bar here. So what you got to do is, you've got to keep the green inside the yellow. So is the the yellow is what you control, right? Because, I, which is what they're so, saying. Yeah. yeah, and then the bonus bar goes up the longer the green is in the yellow safe area there you go so the bonus so you can pull it it looks like you can pull out the fish whenever you want really but like you're kind of yeah you can see the animation of the other characters as well they're going left and right kind of thing because that's what that is mm -hmm. they're put into mm -hmm. the left they're put into the right but rather than seeing the visual which is very much a sea of thieves thing is when you catch a fish and see a fish, you put you throw out the line, and the fish pops up, and then you've got to go against um, the uh, way that the fish is going. So the fish is going to the right on your screen. You pull to the left, and if it's going right, you pull there. And like if it's going away, you pull back. It's very much like that, but it's on a bar, and it's just the left and the right rather than the the front forward and back. So this is a little bit like, um, not exactly, but a little bit like. Um... Stardew Valley in the way it works. Uh, I remember that. So one. you could only you catch the fish when the bar is full. Like you can't pull it out beforehand. Uh, the, you catch the fish when the bar is full, and you have to fill the bar by having your little reticule over where the fish is the entire Isn't time. Isn't that bar below though a bonus bar? That's what no, they called it. That is I the don't... when that yeah. thing is full. She caught the fish. But the I one key, the I thought the one key was a key to pull the fish as well. I think it's to stop crying. I don't know if that feels... I'm not hmm. sure. I was under the impression that you would have to fill the bar to complete the catch. Um, yeah, I've, that's pretty much the... I, wouldn't, I need to listen to this. I want to find it. I want to know um, this now. Other, uh, crafting just five seconds early, you can see. Uh, mm. Okay. I thought it called it specifically a bonus bar. But maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I heard that too, and that does suggest that that's not the core mechanic. It's like a layer. Yeah, I feel I think it's yeah. a layer on top. I don't know. Do you think if... that um, if you don't well, like, if you don't want good fish, if you just want fish for cooking, you could just go walk, 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 Probably. Yeah, because it it will be players who who don't want that level of difficulty because of knowing Arena Net and Guild Wars Two and just how they don't necessarily want the game to be difficult for many people and they want them to try other things i feel like people are gonna be able to go in and maybe get the bonus bar i and i feel like they're gonna flesh that bar out i feel that bar could be fleshed out if it's what i think it is it could be like you say you know what type of fish you get maybe at different levels or you know effort or something like that some kind of thing where they're like because otherwise you gotta spend quite a long time doing but, this i mean that's why because I, I thought that's what it was that's why i said that because of the effort you actually have to put into getting fish as opposed to any other gathering material, the food you make from it has to be pretty good. Or, I guess, yeah. in this case, the repeatable collections have to be worth it. Well, it'll still probably take some time to get those, like, better fish. Also, you have to go to those locations for better mm -hmm. fish. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine they'd have a system where you can just spam the fishing to get 
a bunch of fish or a bunch of junk because ultimately you could probably sell it and that would probably be an inflation issue. You probably, probably would still have to play the minigame. You'll probably have to and a botting as well, but you'll probably have to play the minigame at least a little bit, progress the bar a little bit to have like a more consistent yeah. catch. Hmm. Yeah, I think the minigame thing actually uh, botting is always something you gotta think about when you put a fishing system in a game like this. Yeah. Because you know? And maybe the mini game is one, maybe one of the one of the reasons it exists is to respond to that. But I had a funny thought about the mini game too just a second ago. And then wouldn't it be cool if the way that the the, the cursor that you're chasing had like different movement patterns depending on the kind of fish or the kind of area you were in? Yeah, Ooh. I think it will. So it actually like kind of felt different. Yeah, that would be very cool. I agree. Like like Stardew Valley in that way. Yeah. Is that okay. yeah yeah that would be cool i hope so i mean i'm wondering if you can fish in raids and stuff now i'm like fractors and everything else i'm wondering like is there any pools of water anywhere in the raids and stuff where you might be like this is an area to fish you know for raids and you could sell raids to fish <laughs> i don't know raid yeah, wing three the white mantle yep. there's that area you can get there's some like bloodstone crazed fish like that would be awesome oh, right yes. Okay, so that's cool. Oh, never. World v. World, for example. You know, there's a lot of war in different areas in World v. World. Imagine just seeing some guy off the world, world, right? You gotta yeah. turn that off altogether. That would be <laughs> interesting. I, that's gonna happen, and that could be... that. I reckon, like, if you're gonna fish in World v. World, like, that's risky, right? Like, the fish, like, if you're fishing in the EB, for example, they could put, like, a fishing area. I mean, there is some water there, but, like, maybe more, like, kind of to free areas like some smaller like bodies of water and it'd be really risky and it's like can you imagine that fighting over fishing holes that actually could be quite interesting that that could I mean, add a they, little nice add little fishing, like collections and reasons in world versus world that even puts more people into the game mode exactly of world world. you uh, have to like get that's how you get armored fish and you get collect their scales and then it's just yeah. people fighting over like fishing nodes yeah, <laughs> exactly better. what if we uh off of um Revenge of the Capricorn. Well, it used to be Revenge. Yeah. Anyway, structured oh. PVP. PVP. Oh god. <laughs> I think that should just be an instance where you have five v five fishing matches. I actually genuinely think that would be fun, and you'd actually probably get more people in there. That. <laughs> that would be so much fun. I think people would play it for fun. You know what would be cool sure. is if you can get a fishing power buff from having someone playing like a musical instrument in your yeah. party. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Put some cool. bard aspect into it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a bard. Bad. That's the elementalist's new profession mechanic. I'm... It's a stat <laughs> buff that gives you a 15% increase. Let's go to skiffs. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm genuinely, so we enjoy we enjoy the fishing. Looks like pretty cool. We'll talk about fishing as we keep going because it's very relevant to skiffs as well. They're very much intermingled. Um as well there was these different fishing collections which were quite cool just kind of going off some of the footage uh nick's shirt again really great and also skiffs okay so they showed us that you could spawn skiffs both from the land and from the water as well which is cool if you want to uh kind of just spawn one out in the open world and you've just been dropped into water and you want some nice way of getting around it's not it's not a route though it's it you can control it and put the boat wherever you want i think that was my fear originally i think yeah. i'm not sure if crew 4d you're like you had these same similar 
If it's on like a mount, it would have been awkward. Here's a question yeah. for y'all, though. Is that little bit of technology that they're showing off of placing the, the bobber and placing the boat, is that new? I don't think it is. I think they're pulling from the decoration system and yeah. mm. placing okay. things, which I love to see. I like that it's actually something that's placeable and you can actually maneuver the angle and it's not like, get in the water and it spawns. It yeah, feels this, a little bit more true. This is world. it. Yeah, this is it. But I, I'm not sure because I haven't played something in a Guildhall for ages. I think that, I think maybe those arrows, Deke, might be new. Like the, yeah. like the look of that is new, maybe. I don't know how, is this, I mean, someone, I mean, I know Reader Geek in chat knows, does a lot with, it's not new, it's the same. Oh, yeah, okay. Right, right, right. That's very, that is very sad. Okay, grief, yeah. All right. That's a good call. It looks cool. Like, and, and this was the specific thing that we all mentioned, I think, while during it is like, and you know, when you ever see a boat in an MMORPG, not many people can do this very well. <laughs> like, they're just literally in stood still. There's no sense of the boat moving. And I think actually, right next to the skiff, there's a boat that's not moving. <laughs> there, yeah. Is. Yeah. there is a boat right there. <laughs> This is actually oh. hilarious. Look at the boat there. It's not moving. I know it's the stationary and stuff, but this and this is because it's tied up, obviously. But it's just funny. It's yeah. so good. Having that little buoyancy oh. would be a lovely touch for all the boats. In and in, in every game, in every MMORPG. But like when that was there, I was like Yes. A sigh of relief. I was right there with you, Joe. Yeah. Like, oh, thank soon. God this doesn't feel like other MMO boats. Look at the jiggle. Oh damn! No, they put this still shot. We yeah, don't care about this. Physics that's the word for it. MMOs. I'd like to do my best to try to see what I could get away with it. Like, yeah, go, go to different maps where there's just like puddles in the maps, and oh see, my God. just to see where you could put your boat down. You know, like to really see where. Because my understanding is that in a lot of maps, the water is a plane, right? Yeah, and like it's the same level everywhere. So if it's built that way everywhere, um, you know, it'd be fun to see like yeah, where you could put a skiff and where you could fish and where you could do all that kind of stuff. I'm not. I imagine it's been coded to where you would have to be able to actually swim under the water to place it. But mm. there are some interesting areas in Heart of Thorns, particularly in the Muguma Jungle, where there is like a river. Yeah, you can go underwater and be swimming underneath it but you're still standing so like there could be a couple buggy areas yeah no doubt. i wonder how many people are just gonna have skiffs uh in the water after they've broken out of maps just have like a ton of skips <gasps> skiffs in different yeah. maps <laughs> um one thing you need to talk about very quickly is some of these masteries as well so full throttle was the first one learn how to push your skiff to a new top speed um, there was depth charges, which is the one crew said they enjoyed. I think we're all going to enjoy this. Learn a skill that sinks swimming enemies close to your skiff. So it sounds like you can be broken out of a skiff as well, which is yeah. interesting, is sink, like mounts. Is sink a, a euphemism for kill, or does it mean something different? Sink. So CC in Guild Wars 2, there's float, sink. Sink is one of the CCs, the actual CCs in water, right? So I think it's a CC specifically rather than a complete kill maybe aoe as well around the skiff so it just because i think they're aware they're very aware that they can design camphor in a way which where there aren't going to be many mobs attracting to your boat but if they do it for the entire game and past 
expansions like hooking onto players and stuff that maybe there's going to be some kind of issue and maybe they've designed a mastery which just completely obliterates that i mean i don't know i would assume i would love maybe. to see enemies and end of dragons start attacking the boat and make the waters a bit more treacherous get that underwater combat going yeah, oh, oh god right. <laughs> get some cannons get the turtle mount on top of the skiff and then, oh. let's go. <laughs> you know I mean? yes. It's a platform, right? They showed right? someone doing that in the, in, on the a stream. Raptor. Someone was on a raptor, right? Oh, were they? Have a oh. On top <gasps> of a, a sea turtle, on top of a skiff with two people on the sea turtle. <gasps> and you can fire at things the from down. the land, just like farm. You know, there's going to be people doing that, right? There's going to be people farming mobs on skiffs off the land. There's going to be some epic new farm spots. Oh, Siege God. Skiff. Yeah. Go. Siege skiff. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. okay. Death charges. I mean, that, that just brings up loads of stuff. Um, what was the other one? Speed boost. Learn how to give your skiff a short burst of speed. Nothing ridiculous there. And then there was fishing pie. So while on your skiff, you and your party receive an amount of fishing power equal to the total number of catches from fishing nodes. Max stacks 99. So it looks like when you start fishing you get a catch and that's registered on that skiff maybe because you're on the skiff and you have to get 99 catches to get the stack i think it's a party-wide buff yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. for all the people who are on that skiff right 20 per person if you're full it incentivizes people to make friends or you know party up with strangers and yeah yeah so honestly from this whole stream um nothing really surprised me you're going way to the end. You're going to the end. <laughs> We're like, I'll like say that I think I, I think a lot of it's very cute though. I think like it's all. It seems to be all about like you know hanging out with friends, doing yeah. some relaxing things, yeah. um, and just enjoying your time. And not like definitely, this is not going to scratch the itch of a bunch of people who don't want to fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but for, for some people, this is just going to be a nice thing to do. You know, it's a it's very cute. Also is the emotes to, to gain the boost of the skiff. Yeah. That was cool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you say it'll be relaxing, but jump cut like eight months from now, Jebro popping a blood vessel, trying to get this one fish. And get <laughs> <laughs> I've got significantly less hair than I have now. Instead of the hair receding, it's now just your epidermis. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just slowly retracting. Yeah. Jesus. What do you guys think about the speed of the skiff? Yeah. Oh, I, I actually was commenting. Right. I was commenting uh, a few weeks ago that it the thing that will bum me out is if what you saw on the water in Shing and in uh, Shing around the new expansion would be lots of skimmers because it's still faster than a skiff. Yeah, mm. it's probably better for the long-term health of the game for the skimmer to retain a niche. Although it does have the underwater dive, so I don't know. Yeah, I they think just... this just seems really nice. It's kind of leisurely because you can transport so many people. I don't think they'd want to go faster than the skimmer, just in mm-hmm. case people don't have path of fire. It still at least incentivizes. If you're really going for water, yeah. and you want to have that water movement. Path of fire still would be nice to get. But I think it this seems on par with the skimmer yeah. at max speed. Yeah. So it's, I it just feel... seems like 
in a way, since mm-hmm. you can summon the skiff while you're in water, why would you necessarily? I mean, I guess you could just so that pe- four people could AFK, <laughs> but uh, why would you necessarily, you know, all painstakingly get into the skiff and go I know. when you could just skimmer somewhere and then mount up afterwards? Fishing party buff. If you start, if you take your skiff down, you might lose that buff. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they will. What if you accidentally take the skimmer down? The skiff uh, down. The skiff Maybe down. you've got a certain amount of time until you like get it back up. Because you can't just have it permanently, can you? You've got to run no, out at some point. The, the effect pro- itself will probably be on a timer. Probably like a but minute it'll, or two timer. Yeah, but it'll be on the characters in the party, not on the skiff. Yeah. But it's a skiff-specific yeah. mastery, though. Uh-huh. Which incentivizes you to use this game. You can't use in the other master. Like there are masteries for specific things, but like so. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. A, that's it's why you summon the skiff when you're fishing, but then you can yeah. take it down in skimmer places if you want to. Probably the buff emanates from the owner of the skiff who has the mastery or doesn't, right? And then it's a time mm. buff on another player. That's true. Do you all need to have the mastery to get the stacks? Is just saying that's it's just question. one person then? Yeah. So I think but I feel like if, some you, if you have a skiff up. It would be so much work to then get off of it, skimmer up, and then find a land location to actually summon the skiff. So you would just probably, once you're on a skiff, I feel like you're just going to be on it. It's not a mount, so you're not going to be using it to traverse really quickly. It's just if you are going fishing, you want to use that. It's a purpose. There's a purpose, yeah. It's a very yeah. purposeful thing. It's a, it's a specific ring where it's like, let's go fishing buddies and do the things. And, and But the other fun. issue is that a skimmer can traverse land and sea. So if you're doing something down a riverbed, for example, and and you're trying to get to a specific hole 4,000 away that's down a river, you might just not use the skiff at all until you get there. Well, yeah, yeah. well, I don't think you don't have to use the skiff at all. It's mostly just like for min maxing if you really want to. But I feel yeah. like there are certain areas in Tyria where the body of water isn't as great. So you'll just probably like get your friends and go and go down the river or something but i yeah. hope to see larger ocean maps like there's a whole unending ocean it would be awesome to have like one specific map where it's like 80 percent water with like some islands and a little bit of content go back to the, mostly fishing yeah go back to the streets of devastation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see how many people are around because if when you plant your boat and you anchor it you have the so this is another thing the the collision right so mm-hmm. and how many ship boats you're gonna have sorry skiffs you're gonna have around one hole and how what that's gonna look like is gonna be very very interesting I'm I'm interested to yeah. to see and I'm excited to see day one fishers like going out and like all yeah. just being Legendary gathered around hole. a fishing hole and like just the collision and then just all of these boats just around well they were very thing. clever in the way they did it right like they <laughs> oh, did it yeah. so that. If you are not in a party with someone, you don't collide with their ship when they're anchored. Yeah. So so the max you could have is five boats that have collision in the same area, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're not going to be interacting necessarily with other people That's who are fishing. True. But it will be interesting to see just a bunch of fish uh, skiffs stacked onto each other, all yeah. fishing the same thing. Yeah, and then yeah. not exactly knowing which skiff is your <laughs> skiff. And you yes. might accidentally try to go onto somebody else's skip and fall out. This is exactly what I'm wondering what it's going to be like. It's Fading skips. Like... Like you yeah. Take, take a little bridge and, and someone outside your party like puts one more on there. It's like mm-hmm. a little bit of a... 
a launch week of End of Dragons, the waters are going to be full. Yeah. I think that's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be like day one launch things, isn't it? Where, you know, you see a lot more happen than will ever happen again in the game, you know? Those, Those long queues NPCs that you saw at Queen Classic don't happen anymore. <laughs> oh, those fun events, though, okay. Um Okay, well, I, I'm liking so far the stuff with Fishing as Gifts. This is exciting, and it's good to see that they have got... I mean, and I like this, just being able to kind of hang out on a boat as well and just dancing and just hanging out with your buds, like Guild and stuff, yeah. like getting another party of Guild peeps. Uh, put some fire. I was really worried that that it was going to be if you wanted to be on the skiff, you were like locked into like one seat, like 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 in a mount position, and that was the only way you're going to be able to be on it. I was I'm super relieved when they're like, nope, turn on collision. Everyone, your party just crawls around it like normal. Yeah. That feels great. So I'm excited te- to see what kind of shenanigans people get up to with regard to boat on boat collisions too. Yeah, like if you notice, <laughs> the different the different boat skins had different collision meshes. It looked like yeah, so. So yeah, one was starting to ride up on the other one a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's only if you're in the party, so it's not going to be like widespread right. griefing, but still, it is pretty interesting. I I actually am in, in, interested in be okay, so we have three masteries we know about right now, right? We got the we got the fishing, we got the um skiffs, and we got the turtle. I have a feeling that the technology that they're demonstrating in the skiff and the what I'm guessing is going to come with the turtle, uh, in that you get to mount the turtle with a friend, and the one person they they were talking about uh, has the ability to use weapons on the turtle, and the other person steers. Right. I have a feeling that they're going to be able to combine the two and possibly have a fourth mastery that is larger ships with weapons, like galleons or something. Like galleons I or something. With yeah. expansion. I think that's another expansion feature. You think? Yeah, I think because there's they, two masteries we don't know about. There are two masteries we don't know about, but I don't think they have anything to do with mounts. Okay, I think having two already, having two very interesting five-player mount and a two-player mount. I think that already kind of rounds it out, at least for now. But for another expansion, I could definitely see them doing something grander. You know, elevating and leveling their leveling themselves up by having a larger ship. Yeah, there is a reason why they specify that these are called skiffs, right? Not boats yeah, or not boats. ships. No, skiff is a specific, specific oil, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I do agree that they will probably expand on these systems of having multi, multi-person mounts, more than five, even ten or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Or a squad. A whole squad. That, that would be like a lovely Corsair pirate expansion. Ship on pirate ship raid. Warfare. Yeah, they do it in um, Arcage. Arcage was massive for ship on ship warfare. Like you had to build building a boat was like one of the things. So Arcage did. Arcage could have been like one of the best MMORPGs the world has ever seen. Unfortunately, they wrecked it with pay to win. But <laughs> you can, which is what they they normally do, and like <laughs> the so the. The game, like, basically you could build a boat and you could set it up in, like, a... You could almost build, like, almost... It wasn't a harbour, but, like, a structure around it to construct it, and it was a real effort. Like, you had to carry packs of bricks, packs of wood, and you had to get loads of people together to build this thing that was epic. 
and then it was there was so much sea and the game was very open world that you can and very you know sandboxy you could go anywhere in the map without instance it wasn't instanced so you would travel mm-hmm. from island to island on boats and there were pirates there were mmorpg there were groups of pirates that could be against both all the factions and then you would have different kinds of classes of boats which would have different weapons you could board boats you know you had gliders as well so you could fly from boat to boat and the combat in in the whole thing was just added this whole level to the gameplay that was just phenomenal it was i don't know if anyone chat ever played arcade like sea stuff but like it was so good. I remember going in small sh- small boat ship battles and you would see people gliding off the tops from like boat to boat and then just using their MMO abilities, like the normal abilities and just fighting, you know, on these ships. And it's just like, man, it's totally doable. It's I, totally I for doable. one welcome the return of a pirate ship meta for World vs. World. <laughs> I remember that. There it is. It was, oh, sorry to reminisce there randomly, but it was... I'm watching a video of this, Deborah, while you're talking about it. I, I, the, the thing about Guild Wars 2 that I have a hard time envisioning is the PvP aspect of it. Um, yeah. PvP is always <laughs> in these very narrow parts of the world, 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 yeah. world or the like, conquest, but maybe like a, a PvE type, type uh, like, uh, an event or something like that, where yeah. you're tasked with, with using a boat to complete an objective. I love the idea to do open world PvP in Path of Fire, but last minute the arena was scrapped. So it's not something that is uh, unheard of, or we definitely know that the developers were playing around with PvE combat and like PvE open world PvP. Right. Like we have at the end of the Drakkar event chain, we fail it. and we do have the existing Kurzik and Luxian faction conflict historically. In this mm. So maybe there's a, a tie-in there. There's an homage back to the conflict and you have to pick a side. Oh, yeah. Good times. You could join uh, the Civil War Reenactors Guild in yes. uh, Kanta. <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. There are tomatoes at each other and stuff. I'm just watching all the having the footage in the background, and I'm like, "Damn, I really want this now." Thank you, boots. I'm just You're like, welcome. "Damn it!" I was, I just completely <laughs> forgot how fun this was in arcade. Like, just... so, so the, the, obviously they're going to avoid this because I don't think they're going to let you move around on a ship while um, in battle. Essentially, I mean, this is what around. it would be if it. This was this is how, what it would be if it was going to be the apex, the awesome apex, and like just how epic it could be. But I feel yeah. like you're right. It would be more of like you get on a cannon. Uh, I, I mean, this is really going yeah. out there. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I'm just like it, this, this is like, a well versus really world border map. It could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's I mean, we're missing good. one, so maybe. True. Imagine that. I mean, that's true. We have the two Alpine Borderlands, and we have the Desert Borderlands. Mm-hmm. And as it stands, not that many people go in the Desert Borderlands for various reasons. Sad. They could just make a third Borderlands that not many people go into, but some people <laughs> do just for fun sometimes. Right. Like the mists, oh, Edge of the mist, I guess. <laughs> could be the Edge of the mists, but something else. The right edge, maybe. Might be a lot of work just to... For a very small amount of people, but I think it would be fun. Yeah, this is with alliances and stuff. The world versus world community could go boom. 
Wow. To be a landmine. If yeah. you if you would want to, if we feel we've moved on from, uh, we know what's going on with fishes and and skiffies, uh, which is apparently and the jiggles, the jiggles, the jiggles, the jiggles, whatever the mechanic I've just made up in my head, then that's called. Uh, we can talk about a post, uh, and I haven't read this yet, so I might just read through bits of it while we're going. I read was... a little bottom snippet, and I got very excited. Sorry about <laughs> the the glare because it's on a white background, and I'm like, oh god, damn, why? Eyeballs. Oh god. Um, yeah, super. It's it's okay. The food is gone now. Um, but yeah, and also you can listen as well. Um, da, da, da. okay, so uh, hi all, Marco Calendars. This is a blog post that just came out during the show. Uh, Micro Calendars, the first week long beta event for World View World. World restructuring feature takes place from 24th September to the 1st of October. Today, we're here to outline development and beta testing plans for World restructuring and talk about the future of World versus World game mode. Start describing the overall vision of the feature and then describe the functionality of blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> where's the important <laughs> bit, Kruf? Is it down the bottom? Oh no, the bottom part was about balance. Oh right. good lord, there's a lot oh. in there. Can you read this whole thing, Jebro? Maybe we can trade off. Yeah, yeah we'll take turns. Okay, all right. All right. I'll, I mean, I don't mind if you want to. Pips, sure. are we okay with this? All right, I'll read the world restructuring and overview. And then, Dig, do you want to tell the phase one? Yeah, or we can just go paragraph by paragraph. Yeah, let's do, yeah let's do that. Let's do that. Paragraph by paragraph. All right, I'll right. go me, Dig, Boots, Griff. Sound good? Cool. Okay. Sure. World restructuring and overview. Uh, World Restructuring is a feature that aims to address player population imbalances and create great matches. Ooh. It achieves this by uh, deprecating the current concept of shards, aka world servers, and introducing a matchmaking system to the game mode where players, guilds, and alliances, which are player-managed groups of guilds, are programmatically... I don't think I've ever seen anyone write that word before. (laughs) Amazing. Automatically <laughs> um, redistributed. Say that three times fast. Yeah, well, you did it pretty well. To new teams, previously known, known as shards on the set schedule. This gives us more flexibility and grain, granularity, Jesus Christ, when creating new <laughs> teams and helps address natural fluctuations in population over time. It'll also give players more agency in choosing who they want to play with on an ongoing basis and allows long-standing communities to continue playing together. Ooh. So nice this one. is actually really important, what they're saying here. Okay. Yes. Because they're saying it's programmatically done on the most part. And then on top of that, you have extra things. So you have agency in choosing who you want to play with to make your alliances, it mm-hmm. seems. Mm-hmm. But then it's programmatically done afterwards. And it's not hand done like it seems like a lot of the world linking has been in the past yeah yeah and um, set schedule so they can change yeah so so and that 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 refers back to so recently they also said that um over the last two weeks or something like that they've been having something run in the background as a beta for their world versus world stuff getting data yeah and i think they've been getting data and i think this data is what they're going to be using to programmatically redistribute teams every week or every schedule. And also time. population, how many people are going in and out, what guilds, yeah. maybe even players and guilds, I guess. Yeah, so there you go. Interesting. Okay. Next That's one. Anyone wants to go for the next one? All right. 
Matchmaking, when teams are destroyed and recreated, occurs at the beginning of each season. The term season in the context of Worldview World describes the period of time between each matchmaking event. The length of a season is not yet finalized, but could be up to eight weeks long. Before a season begins, players can select which of their current guilds, and by extension, the alliance, they'd like to play with for that season. Once matchmaking occurs, any changes to a player's selected guild will not take effect until the next season. While the composition of each team is static during a season, you'll be matched up against different opponents each week using the existing one-up, one-down matchup system. Hmm. Okay. I'm glad that that sets in a, to you into a team for that season and you can't switch. Yeah, what if someone in. makes a bunch of accounts to get into guilds and they just queue up and they never participate? <laughs> that would be rough. Well, probably the guilds wouldn't ask them to be in it. Yeah, at least for that season, if there's like some high-end manipulation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, active World vs. World players that have not selected a World vs. World guild before the end of the, before the start of the season will be automatically matched made onto a team. Um, what does it mean by active World vs. World players? Oh wait, here we go. New players or <laughs> players who are inactive for an extended period of time before the start of the season will not be automatically placed, but will have the option to choose which team they'd like to join. Interesting. Uh, teams, yeah. Teams will be locked or full once they've reached the population cap of uh, the current system. Interesting. Okay. Do you want to just, read the, do you want to just read the rest? Because I feel like Kreef has been hard done by with the free lines. <laughs> matchmaking will initially use factors such as the world versus world participation and playtime to place new uh, to place players guilds and alliances on teams um but we're open to adding additional variables to matchmaking e.g time zone once we've ironed out the initial kinks with the system mm. uh, so yeah it sounds like that's exactly what's been going on the functionality detailed above will be rolled out in multiple phases each with its own set of beta tests okay so i guess guys if you want to right now Make sure that you get match made into a um, alliance or as tacked onto an alliance if you're not part of a guild that you want to be part of. Um, before, like, and so that so that you're match made and you don't have to think about it, and you don't have to choose yourself, and then have to go to a world that isn't full yet. Play a little bit of World versus World right now just to make sure. <laughs> But I wonder how that would be if you want to like play with your friend, if you could just like party up and join in on their map, and then that for that season, you'd be stuck with with whoever your friend is playing on. Because I don't mm. do a lot of World versus World, but my friend does. It's like I want to play yeah. with them. Yeah, there is a okay, few worlds. things in here that I can see being very problematic. Actually, the time zone thing being a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, sorry. So. Sorry. Uh, World Restructuring Phase 1. Phase 1 of World Restructuring includes a substantial back-end overhaul of how World vs. World works, but most of this is invisible to the player. On the player-facing side of things, it will feature matchmaking support for ungilded players and guilds. Alliance functionality will come in Phase 2. The goal for this first phase is to ensure that the system works at scale. We'll be keeping a close eye on player population balance, queue times, and victory point disparity. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, on 21st September, a new tab for the world restructuring feature will become available in the in-game World vs. World menu. Okay. On this tab, you'll be able to choose which of the, your guilds you'll want to play with 
during the world restructuring better event. Interesting. Please choose your world v world guild before 7 a.m. UTC, which is GMT, peeps, if you know what UTC is. 11.59 p.m. Pacific time, 23rd September on 24th September, or you may be match made into a team as an individual player. Huh. Interesting. Okay. If you do world v world, I guess, or not. I don't know. It's like, hmm. I like that there's going to be a whole new tab for this. I, 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 I'm I, still like, I, I know there's a population cap, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, what if some teams are just population capped and others just aren't? I mean, I guess that's just the case now anyway. Like, there is no cap, essentially. I mean, there is a cap. Seems like but... a lot of things are being done algorithmically. So it'll probably be very unbalanced for the first, I want to say, three seasons, and then it'll start to work itself out a little bit, probably. This is probably a long haul game. Do you think this I mean, is they've like... said that they want to make it more of a of a game mode that lives for much longer? I mean, this is a beta as well, right? So the beta, their beta season. So rather than saying it, that naming rather than putting the feature in and being like this is a beta season, like they kind of did last time with like uh, in PvP and stuff, they actually saying this is a natural beta feature, and we did, they, we're testing out this new thing. So I kind of like that they're doing it this way rather than just putting it into the game completely and just leaving it. Um, mm. Okay, interesting. Um, I'll just take the next three lines, and then someone can take the then detent the last one if you last bit. So the beta event uh, will begin at World Reset on twenty fourth September. World Reset bonus experience event will be active between twenty first and first of October. 100% bonus to World View World Experience, 25% bonus to Reward Trek, and 50% to Magic Fund. Good reason to get people in there um, as well. So, really good idea to if you want to get those World View World legendary bits and mobs, you want to get your mm. battle, your um, anything, skins, all the things, loot, gear. Um, that's a good time to do it, right? Okay. Dig, you want to go? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, are we at, at the conclusion? That's the one. Yes. At the conclusion of the beta event on October 1st, the world and world linking system will be re-enabled and World v. World will return to the current state. For example, if you were on Gandara before, you'll be back on Gandara again. Depending on how well the first beta event goes, we may choose to run a few additional tests without significant changes to the feature. Each mm. matchmaking event provides our team with incredibly valuable data for tuning in the matchmaking system. Mm. Not much. That's just obvious, I guess. You're gonna go. It's gonna go back to the way it's gonna go. <laughs> it was before, and yeah, I guess that. World restructuring phase two. The next plan, in addition to world restructuring, will be alliances functionality. This will allow multiple guilds to group together. Oh, so for the first period, they're not doing the alliances part. No, just the matchmaking. Got it. Okay, so this will have multiple guilds to group together for the purposes of matchmaking. Each team can include multiple alliances. Our current plan is to limit alliances to a total of 500 players, uh, the same maximum size of a single guild. So you you could be an alliance of just your guild, max. Yeah. Uh, interesting. That's, I don't know if that's a good idea. Uh, We're trying to strike a balance between allowing existing player communities to be able to stick together while preventing the creation of juggernaut and alliances. I think that's a mistake. Um, This number is flexible and will be finalized based on what we see during the beta events. The timeline for delivering alliance functionality largely depends on how well phase one goes. If we identify a large group of bugs or core system issues, 
We'll need to focus on solving those first. I can why see why they're trying to do this. I no, I definitely see why they're trying to do this. Juggernaut Alliance feature, but five hundred is like just one guild. But that would that would also mean your entire guild would need to be very active consistently. Yeah. If not, you'd have to just start kicking people. My understanding is that a full alliance will probably be somewhere around a thousand people. Um so you could have a max of two guilds as an alliance. And if you can't allow a guild of 500 people to ally with another guild then what's it's kind of weird you know like I mean, they're saying alliances is 500 players yeah hang on where'd that thousand come from uh, for, i think i think boots i think just them. in general for world versus world population that's how it usually is oh like, like a thousand players you mean it well, should, the alliance just, should have a thousand on the players. map maybe but yeah not, not well, that's how i like it just it's just a feeling you know like i feel like that's how many people should not on one no on one map i think it's 150 hmm. oh you mean so you mean across all maps together yeah yeah this is saying yeah, but that's players. active okay. people right right right, right. okay so and this is yeah. but this is the actual physical alliance but you remember you have to this would be, if it was one guild, it would mean that every single player in that 500-player guild would have to opt in yeah. and actually register as a, with that guild on that team, which might just be that guild, if all 500 people do sign up. So I think when you sign up, you basically say, I'm active as well. Whether or I, not, wonder, I wonder if they're taking data of like how active certain guilds slash people are in World vs. World. Yeah. And... and are they going to do it so that some alliances are only like a thousand people because that's how many people that particular alliance needs to be competitive because they're so active versus a bunch of people who are inactive but still want to play World versus World and that alliance is going to be 6,000 people, you know? Where are these numbers coming from? <laughs> My head? My head. I think I think that the 500 number that this paragraph states yeah. our current plan is to limit alliances to 500 players. It's talking about 500 opt-in active people. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And there's yeah. got to be some kind of flagging or self-selection mechanism, like similar to what they were talking about with making sure you were where you wanted to be. And blah blah. blah. Yeah, That's they the probably wouldn't tab. want two yeah. of the biggest world versus world guilds just being one unit and crushing everyone else. This is the difficulty in most. RVR and and open world guilds, but right? yeah. people just switch teams, and there's no, there's no, um, there's no reason I... to stop them. There's like and people are just like because they because even though people say they like player versus player combat and they like the fights and stuff like that, there's a larger amount of people that just want to zerg and get the rewards and do that yeah. kind of play, and that's so been... proof. To answer your question, I think the reason why I was being confusing is because I kept on saying alliances when I said the thousand and six thousand thing when I meant worlds. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like oh, only five hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, it's only five hundred, but I'm saying that like an alliance is only gonna be a small part of a world, I think, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. In a in a fight. What is a world? Sorry, is it one side in the in the conflict? Yeah, one side. Yeah. One team. Yeah, so there'll be multiple alliances making up each side. So what is that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying. Yeah. I so my question is, will some worlds have actually more players in it than 
other worlds because other worlds are more active than certain teams, probably. Yeah, certain, certain teams. But I feel like well, that wouldn't really happen at the high end. That would probably only start to happen at the lower middle. Because yeah. I feel like high end, they'd all be playing. And like that, yeah. that would be locked in. But it's when you start to get to these lower tiers of just single, like ind- independent players starting to trickle slowly in and fill up a map and fill up teams for that world versus world event to really kick off. Mm-hmm. Here's a question, and maybe this will get answered lower down, or maybe it did, and I'm just dumb. But um, <laughs> if, you're in an al- <laughs> if you're in an alliance that is active, but you yourself are not an active World v. World player, so you haven't played the game for six months, yeah. and you log in and go to World v. World, what happens to you? Do you get to play with your alliance and just be an additional active member that they that, yeah. that counts against that 500 Depends threshold? Depends if you signed up. Or do you go into yeah. the individual matchmaking system? It sounds like it's the latter. You have to well, sign if up. You didn't, yeah, if you, yeah. Didn't, if you didn't click the box in the three days you get before the season starts to say, I'm with this guild, then yeah, you're an individual player. As, as long as you sign up, you'll be fine. No matter your experience. Yeah, it's so that, that you can't just... I think that's the reason why they're doing that is so that people can't just sign up to teams that are just winning as well because and more often than multiple... not sorry go ahead no it's it's just more often than not i think that's one people going to be able, one way they would see people as being able to grief the system if they can just join a team anytime they can just switch or they can yeah. just make a new account right and some alliances are going to be full of like really hard charging people who are playing every single day oh yeah you know, world v world diehards and some are just going to be full of people who are peripherally interested and aren't necessarily going to play all the time so that's yeah. what one of the strengths of the multiple alliance per side approach is your success as a, as a side isn't entirely determined on whether you're a casual alliance or whether you're a hardcore alliance because you can mix and match several alliances on the conflict. You know, it's really interesting. I'm sure a lot of people are, I mean, almost everybody's probably in five guilds, but it'd be very interesting to see if like, like for instance, I'm in Spud and War and uh, Mock but if Mock and, and War, for example, wanted to be in alliance together, the fact that I'm in both of the alliance, both of the guilds, is a detriment to that alliance because it, it limits. I gotta I gotta leave one of the guilds. You don't have to, to leave the guild. You just pick the team that you represent. No, 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 no. You leave one of the guilds because if they no, want to no, be in no. alliance together, I count towards the cap for both of those no, guilds. You have to sign. You have to sign up for the team. No, you don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both, that's what they said. Both guilds are separate, are separate entities, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're separate entities, I mean. and I count towards the max cap of one guild. I I am player 500 of 500 for one guild. Yeah. And I am player 30 of 35, no. or 30 of 30 of you another guild. Up. And so they can't go together. I'm I'm counting for two players for that max cap of 500. But you're only signing up for one team. I am, but the guilds want to lie together. I know, but it's the point that, that there's that. an individual just, opt-in process. But you're still one It's not, it's not the guild leader opting in for everyone. Yeah, you yeah, individually yeah. are opting in so for everyone. So long as 500 people do not click that checkbox in that Really? Yeah, if you yeah. are like 400 people sign up in one guild, there's still 100 spaces left. But if you're in another guild that is only like 30 members, mm-hmm. they can lie together. So, but then yeah. what happens? Okay, so let's say you have five hundred people in your guild. No, what, okay, let's say you have three hundred people in your guild, and mm-hmm. another guild has two hundred and fifty people, and everybody in the other guild click that box to say they're part of it. That's a two hundred fifty person guild. You want to ally with the? 
You want to ally with the guild. Great. You want to ally with the guild. What you're saying is that you can ally with that guild if only 250 people clicked yes in your guild, correct? Well, only if you're not over 500. 500. Yeah. But then we don't know what works, what happens. So then what if you ally with that guild because only 250 people click yes in your guild, but then three more people click yes in your guild? So... What, what you're saying, Boots, is basically if you have, like, let's say, let's say an alliance of three guilds, and they each have 400 members, so yeah. 1,200 total. <laughs> what you're doing is you're saying only 500 of those 1,200 players. The first 500 are the ones who are going to be able to get to be in the alliance, and everyone else I'm is I'm saying SO. that you can't make an alliance of three guilds with 400 players. No, I'm saying no. that as soon as you have 400-player guild, you could only ally with a guild that has 100 players. Yes. Yeah. Or guilds Where, that make up 100 players. I didn't read that anywhere, but that's the only way I could think of it at yeah. working with this thing. Well, the, that, this is the idea, instance, isn't it? You choose to ally with the more populous guild. Yeah. And so yeah. You're, at that point, that guild is a dedicated world versus world guild. Uh-huh. You worried that's about when your... these higher end tiers start to really form. And this is where we start to see the guild versus guild area. It's like this guild has 500 active players. This guild also has 500. 500 active players they're going at it that's where this kind of like guild ownership like this guild pride starts to come into play mid mid tier you can do a lot of mix matching with alliances and kind of like form an alliance but at the yeah. top end that's when you really start getting it's, into that it really play. depends on whether or not you guys are right in that only the people who click i am part of this guild for world versus world are count towards the max of an alliance. Yeah. Or if the guild's size counts towards the max it's of the an alliance. Sign up. It's the sign I don't up. think it'll be the size. I think you have to because you it's have a three day more guild wars. Sorry. Okay. You have, a, more but then you have a three day period. Make sure individuals are the ones opting in. Yeah. Not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Much okay. Uh, you're probably you, you know what you're probably right, it but it's it. interesting <laughs> though because then you have that three day period where w- when do you make that alliance with something because. It's very possible that more guildmates will opt in afterwards. I want to see how you form an alliance. They can't, like, Do you, do you whisper the other guild leader and go, let's align well, yeah, with of each course. other? That's it. I mean, you know, that's community, right? That's essentially, you know, other guilds and other people in other guilds. Yeah. And you'll probably, you might have people forming guilds with different people from different worlds. Like, yeah. before this actually even happens, you're going to have it. You're going to get people prepping for this. Because you can obviously join any guild, even if you're on EU. Do you know what I mean? So you might even have people transferring. They'll probably, I would say, like, well, no, actually, I don't need to transfer. Well, only regions, but they could have people swapping regions to get over to play with their friends, like to get in the alliances. There could be loads of stuff. But, like, this is what the kind of stuff we used to do back in the day, like Warhammer Online and early days World v. World crew. We would have, like, mumble servers and websites where we'd have alliance forums we'd have like alliance chats we'd, we used to have more in warhammer online there would be an alliance chat you'd select all these different guilds and you'd invite them to it and you'd have an alliance chat full of these guilds so they need to bring in with all these systems they need to bring in communication systems like an alliance chat for example which will be able to like register all the guilds that you're in an alliance, like for that season, and plant everyone in these these different chats. I think it's going to be. Fun. I think it's going to be. There's as long yeah, as they do this. this is the guild wars that exactly. guild wars two needs. Mm-hmm. Finally, paying off on that name after all these years. Yeah, and think about like 
like like streamer alliances, right? Oh, that's gonna happen. I could be oh. fucked. I mean, that's the thing, you know. I mean, that's the thing in other games. Cyrodiil, like I've seen like streamers going up against each other in Elder Scrolls Online, another yep. various other games. Yeah, New we'll World's been really leaning into that with their marketing push. Hell yeah, dude! They really have, right? You know, Marauders versus mm-hmm. Colin versus Syndicate, and like all the faces of those guilds. Yeah. Yeah, and they these don't. alliances are going to be are five times bigger than the companies. From Hopefully, the world, they do so. that, D, because that's a really good point. You know, that was a big thing on Twitter and social yeah. media. Marketing yep. campaign is pretty intense. Yep. Yeah. Be, be good. Okay, um, it might take a while for us to get through this. Uh, <laughs> Just one last thing, though. I do hope you guys are right about the opting into the alliance for your guild instead of the guild doing it, because. That would, if if it was the other way around, then guilds that are, you know, we do PVX, we do PVP, we do PVE, World versus World, that caters to everybody, would be kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and you get a bunch of empty alliances. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Shall we continue on? Yeah, where are we going? We've got beta development, right? There's so much more left to go. There is a oh lot. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> We're approaching the development of world restructuring differently than what you've seen from us in the past. Our intention is to release the smallest functional versions of the feature onto the live servers, beta test it for a limited time, and then use your feedback to improve future iterations of the feature. We'll rinse and repeat until we've landed on a satisfactory implementation and then polish the feature, removing the beta tag and fully release it. I vote proofread the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do the whole thing. Awesome. The reasoning behind this approach is straightforward. World versus World is a complicated game mode that's played in numerous ways. Some players enjoy fights, some enjoy taking objectives, and some enjoy running away from fights. <laughs> Experiences can <laughs> even vary wildly between shards. We're looking at Yumaguma. Finding the best solution for population balance that considers these different differing playstyles is a challenging proposition and not something that we can do without your input. We need feedback from our players to help narrow in on the right design. We'll be looking at both hard data and the con- conversation in the community to determine the future's future. Try saying that 10 times fast. The future's this future. approach future's comes future. with some trade-offs. For one, the initial implementation of world restructuring will have a limited feature set. You might immediately identify some features that would be nice to have. That's great. Tell us what you're thinking of why. Tell, tell us what you're thinking and why you want it. This is exactly the reason we're doing this. We want to build the things that our players want and not waste time on things they don't. Any comments? It's all good stuff. All good stuff. The second trade-off is that the fronted, uh, front end of the system will be a little rough using programmer art, as we call it. We're going to hold off on final art and user experience polish until we've locked down the design of the feature. In other words, we're going to focus on making sure the system solves the problem before we make it look nice. That's great, but I like art. We'll be monitoring and uh, participating in dedicated feedback threads on the official Guild Wars 2 forum for each beta event. That's the best place to have your voice heard. Whether you're a solo player, gilded, a guild leader, or a pug commander, we'll also keep you up to date with our latest observations and decisions regarding world restructuring via regular updates on the Guild Wars 2 blog. Great. Keep going, Bruce. They've increased the the reading level required for these blog posts compared to where they've been in the past. 
It's, mm. They said diction. They said a high level diction, the word choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that section's good. I'm, I much prefer that. I think just as a blanket statement, I prefer that they do beta situations rather than launching something that people don't enjoy and is bugged. So I sure. like it. Shall yep. we progress to the future? Yes, please. Welcome to the future. World versus World is an experience unlike any other. An epic combination of battles on a massive scale, competition, community, and of course, rivalry. It scratches an itch that many of us have had since the earliest days of Realm versus Realm gameplay in PC gaming. World versus World, as it is today, is good, but it could be great. As we stated in the July 2nd Studio Update blog, our leadership teams view World vs. World as a cornerstone game mode of Guild Wars 2, and we intend to support it as such. And we say this while acknowledging that in the past, World vs. World players haven't consistently received the support or attention they deserve. So, let's talk about the future plans and priorities as we know them today, largely informed by your feedback and our own assessment of the mode. These priorities are subject to change as we continue to listen, observe, and learn. If they do change, we'll let you know. Player population balance is a critical component of any competitive game or game mode, and imbalances can have marked negative impact on gameplay to the extent that the experience no longer reflects design intent. As such, world restructuring is going to remain our top priority until we feel that it's been satisfactorily, satisfactorily addressed. This will likely remain our focus through the release of Guild Wars 2 and of Dragons. After world restructuring, we'll be looking to make World vs. World more rewarding with a focus on active play. There's two major parts to this. First, we'll be looking at improving individual rewards for participation and performance. This will be a mix of adding new rewards and improving older systems. As an example, we'd like to address how support players are under-rewarded. Skirmish tracks also take longer to progress than we'd like, especially for new players. Second, we want to give players and guilds reasons to care about winning their current match up, current matchup and reward them for exceptional performance during a season. Longer term, we'd also like to introduce systems that would allow guilds to flex and compare their world versus world prowess. Ooh, it's a nice guild versus guild stuff. I like mm-hmm. it. Love it. Once both population balance and rewards are addressed, our theory is that world versus world gameplay may see a significant shift. Players tend to naturally optimize their gameplay towards the goal, and with that comes new strategy and meta. At that point, we intend to look very hard at core world versus world systems, upgrades, scoring, siege, etc., and balance them to ensure that the world versus world experience is still reflecting our vision. No system is safe from iteration. Everything described above is aimed at addressing foundational issues affecting the world versus world experience. Our priorities beyond this point are highly flexible and will undoubtedly uh, undoubtedly be influenced by the community and the needs of the game mode. Expect more communications just like this one down the road. Before we wrap up this section, we did want to mention that we understand how important performance profession balance is for world versus world gameplay. To address this, after the expansion releases, we'll be dedicating design resources to overseeing profession balance for the live game and a full-time capacity Ooh. supporting PvP, this is what I was reading, and World versus World. This will allow us to deliver balance updates on a much more consistent cadence. That is exciting. Uh, and I guess wrapping up, that's Sorry. it for today. If you have questions or feedback regarding world restructuring and uh, or our overall priorities for World versus World, please drop us a note on the official forms. ArenaNet staff Raymond Lukes 
uh, lead gameplay engineer, and Josh Grouch Davis, head lead head of live operations, will join Arena Nut Partners, Mighty Teapot, and Roy on September sixteenth oh. at noon Pacific time on Twitch for a live <laughs> discussion regarding world restructuring and the future of World versus World. So we'll look to address as many of your comment questions as we can. Then, then, uh, <laughs> thank you for reading. We're incredibly excited for the rest of the world restructuring to life, and we're looking forward to building World versus World into the experience that we all know it can be. The Guild Wars Two team. That's great. Roy knows almost everything there is to do about World versus World. That's going to be a good discussion, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, real good. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's true. It's good time. This is extremely substantial. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know what? My takeaway from this is. Uh, get all of your AFK pip farming in World vs. World done before <laughs> before the full thing comes out when they do a re reformatting of the of oh, the yes. rewards. Because right now, right now, yeah, it's it's incentivizing not actually playing that much and just waiting out your rewards. But apparently, they're going to change that. I think there's there's an important point here um, about. Oh God! There it is. Halfway down, the, down, looking to the future section, at the end of the fourth paragraph, this will likely remain our focus through the release of Guild Wars Two and of Dragons. Um, what do you think of the success of the work on World v Worlds and when it needs to land? You know, I think one of the, the obvious big moment for most new players to reengage with Guild, new players to try or old players to reengage with the game is the End of Dragons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've been thinking that mm -hmm. uh, it, as brutal of a timeline as it is, the 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 more that this can be finished by the time End of Dragons rolls around, the more likely it is to have to have success. Doesn't it need to have be happen before though? Yeah, it should happen just yeah. before at least because does, right? people are going to be very preoccupied during End of Dragons, too preoccupied to play. Oh yeah, right. But Didn't... they're going to get through the story and they're going to say what's next. And if yeah. World v World is not the answer because the kind of fleshed out version of alliances and everything that's going into it isn't there until the summer or until the fall or whatever timeline is actually needed Oof. to get to the point where it's polished and accessible. I think that would, it's unfortunately not as well timed as it could have been. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's, is that the care? Yeah. I mean, I think as I, I feel like they're trying to get this sorted by the end of the year, or at least mostly kind of in place to be, kind of brought in by January, February, I feel they like, as long as they do that. This year. They did that say that, yeah. That could have just been referential to the betas. Mm. But I feel like they should have uh, been explicitly like, betas yeah. will be coming. Maybe year. they just can't be that explicit with the exact dates because they're still not really sure. <laughs> because yeah, this is just a massive, like, throw things in the air and see where they land kind of thing because that's basically what it is, right? Like, mm -hmm. they've not had any feedback from us on this system at all. They don't know if it's going to technically work. I mean, can they can they can only, like... They can't physically test this until they've got us in there. I mean, they can test it in terms of, you know, their parameters and everything that they use to do that, putting bots into places and doing the things, but... Yeah. Until players uh, get just in based there. on the fact that they're saying seasons could be up to eight weeks long, and they don't even know if that's the case yet, um, that's another thing they're beta testing. And if they're yeah. beta testing something that's eight, eight, eight weeks long, that means two months from now will be just one test. Um, so, yeah, I see the timeline being a little bit longer than being done before End of Dragons comes out. 
And that's just for the world restructuring betas and I think and alliance betas. So I think the reward betas might be coming after End of Dragon yeah. comes out for sure. So yeah, you're right, Dig. It is a little bit a little bit late than what they should have tried to do, but we are where we are. I don't yeah, think I guess... it'll be so gutting considering that End of Dragons is gonna probably launch later, uh February twenty twenty two. And it will allow players to play all the new expansion content from the story to the collecting and, you know, doing the collections and acquisition of elite specializations, maybe even try some, some strike missions, but depend, I, I hope it's not like five months after end of dragons launches. I hope it's mm. like two or three months after end of dragons launches. Yeah. Cause then it would also allow, if there is a lull in the PV aspect, it would allow those people to be like, oh, there's a now more guild support in the method of competitive play. And, you know, yeah. it does kind of feel, it is competitive, but you at least get to use a lot of, like, your runes, your own characters progression and stuff, and it's a larger community aspect. So maybe that that could be okay timing. But honestly, if the betas are continuing while Ender Dragons is being released, that is in itself a kind of incentive to play world versus world as well. As long as the betas aren't like jarring enough to make you get turned off of world versus world. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I guess it because could be fine as well. I assume that all the rewards you get during these betas are, they're, they're final on your account. They're That's not going to be. That's a good point, actually. There must so be, right? Because they've got oh. the world v world boosts and stuff yeah because yeah. this isn't like gameplay i mean it's gameplay specific but like i mean as long as like people don't take advantage of the system somewhere and there's not like giant alliances and there's just yeah and it goes wrong like i mean i can't see that yeah there must it must be it must be interesting yeah okay i love the big thing here is like the thing i'm majorly excited about was uh the balance stuff yeah mm. oh my god i read that before yeah. and then when I was yeah. like, oh, I read something exciting. Like dedicated a dedicated live team to focus on balance of all three game modes independently. They didn't it's just a say balance catch every it's a, day. A balance, I would love that. <laughs> but if we got a balance patch every month, that would be incredible, at least for some time. Probably I hope like that would be lovely. Especially because of the elite specializations. I think that is just needed as well. So we don't run into a path of fire situation where you just default to playing Scourge and Firebrand. Oh, wait, we're still in that meta. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be lovely to see more balance. It's, it's the main the... problem with the game. Gotcha. It's just, it just is. I'm sorry. I'm excited. Like, balance is a major deal. Like, it just really is. Like, not only for World versus World, not only for PvP, but for to ruin, to remove stupid builds that have been in the game for way too flipping long that just need to go away. Oh. And, like, but the thing is, is, like, with regular balance, with regular balance, you can have that meta for a while. Mm -hmm. With regular balance, and this is the case with competitive games, this is the game in case with really well-balanced PvE games, you can have a ridiculous build that's strong as long as it's pulled out every so yeah. often and put back in. You can't have that where it's been a year or two of just, like, you know, Scourge being a main puller of, like, main, like, support build for, like, all three modes in different ways. It's just... It's just shotting uh, me for a year now. I want something different. <laughs> Lichform hurts! 
and that's it i mean it's All just right. like you know different things big sorry i gotta sprinkle a little salt on this and i'm sorry yeah no you can do that but saying that you're forming a team to do something is like saying you're forming a committee to take action it's cheap <laughs> it's easy to say and we have heard a lot of announcements over the years about teams being formed to do different yeah. things and then the after a year or two, those teams go away. Yeah, so. isn't it true? Didn't we have a balance team for a while? It's just the systems team. They just rebranded their name. They rebranded their yeah. name. We They're need also to. Responsible and like, for we balance. had a raid team, and we had this and that. And I, yeah. I I agree with everything all of y'all just said about how how critical it is. But mm-hmm. this is this is a very easy thing to promise. Damn it, it Why do you got to be a realist? No, I mean, I don't think... Well, I think... <laughs> Kruf is yeah. now remembering all the times where we're like... I am yeah. the thing. <laughs> it be the kind of thing where we see a lot of activity, like when, when over the first six That's months right. or year when End of Dragons comes out, and then eventually the priority will shift, and there'll well, be a new right. most important fire to put out, and these people will be <laughs> redistributed, and we won't be told anything about a team going away. But I think I mean, that's totally fine. And I think that's kind of, I would much rather have a dedicated team for the first six months of End of Dragons, focusing on balance and the upkeep of the game's health, rather than back in Path of Fire, not have any balance patches for some time. And even when those balance patches did come, they didn't hit the core issues that were, were affecting the game. But I think ultimately, after after a certain amount of time, I would want them to actually move on and start working on another batch of elite specializations to focus themselves on the next expansion. And I think that's only just natural with, with any MMO, but having a dedication at the beginning, at least confirmation that they will be attempting this, I think is <laughs> much more positive than any other thing that they've showed with any other other expansions. Sure. Yeah, no, I think you have, I think you're right, Dig. You know, I mean, especially because I've been there specifically on a live broadcast for ArenaNet, and I've just I've had to commentate Chronomancer versus Chronomancer on a midpoint mm. versus while the rest of the game is decided, and you're like, well, this is kind of where we are right now, <laughs> and then you're like, this is the pro league where there are thousands, tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. And there what is. What was it again? For that, like the 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 final match of this pro league was zero zero up to like minute seven. No, I think that was. I, I don't think it was the final. I think it was like towards the stages that, that it got sorted middle, kind of towards late stages, or maybe it was the whole. Maybe it was. Maybe I need to remember because, like, I maybe I just completely. The the season one when they had the finals was good, but leading up to it is very difficult. Like they say that you know a lot of the balance lack of balance killed a lot of early hype for pro league, and I could say that that's probably you know not an unfair statement. I think there's a lot more that goes into it than that, but um, it like there was a lot riding on like firm, fast, effective, and brutal balance that needed to happen, and it didn't happen then. That is my concern. And I think Dean brings right. up that good point. Like, why in order, now? <laughs> in order to, to solve those problems in a timely fashion, when there's a critical moment, you have to have people who... That team has to have been, have to, has to have been in place for six months to a year already and be ready to solve the problem. You can't form the team responsively to that kind of a thing. So that's mm. why I say 
making a team is is a nice when we hear that as a community we think this is a we think we think of this as an indefinite change to the way that the game is made but we shouldn't no this is only this is only temp i can't imagine this being a permanent Shippy. situation it would be it, lo- i think having a dedication Shippy. at the beginning is great but if we go back after some time to the more regular cycles of having a balance patch every three four months something to what we've expected not even that like five six months i think that's inevitable but so long as you get and you tackle those core issues at the beginning which i think also these elite specialization betas are helping with that's important as well yeah so i think they do i don't know i don't know what they think but i hope that everything that we've seen from these betas and also this confirmation that they will be focusing at least after the release. I hope that we do see much more improvements on the balancing end. But yeah, not just I for also hope that. Not just for these elite specs. They need to hit those other like core elite specs like Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire still. And they haven't. I think they should be doing that before the expansion releases, but Yeah. Hopefully see we though. Hopefully we see those before. <laughs> do y'all remember like the kind of narrative about moving on from Guild Wars 1 about how that arena had developed itself into a corner by establishing these campaigns or each campaign you had to give a whole bunch of new skills and there was so much duplication and they created this skill system that was so complicated that balance was impossible. And iteration was very difficult. How many elite specs does a Guild Wars 2 have before it starts getting to a point of being like, we created a monster we can no longer wrangle? Is it already there? Are we approaching it? What do y'all think? Uh, well, I think by looking at it as a monster defeats any notion of hope. <laughs> it's not necessarily just a monster. Monsters it's, in the eye of the beholder? Yeah, I think a lot of people are very scared of, or I think rightfully so, though. I'm I'm kind of 50-50 on this, because I am pretty conservative when it comes to the skill design and the pace of the game. I think there has been a lot of power creep over the years. That is unfortunate. But I think adding skills isn't the problem. It's what those skills are. So having skills that give you quickness and alacrity and are an insta-cast and they break a stun, those types of skills, that is the monster itself, not just the overall specialization. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't say that any new elite specialization, like if they added these nine new elite specializations and then the next day added another new nine set set of elite specializations, I don't think it's a monster that they can't tackle. I think the issue is when they go back and make changes to core specializations and like fundamental changes to classes in that way that affect all elite specializations in the past. So that that could create some problems because once you've made an elite specialization that works off of core skills and you've balanced it properly, then it's a known quantity, right? Like you don't have to think about it anymore. Um, and you make a new elite specialization. When you make a new elite specialization, you do the same thing. You base it off of your core uh, specs and what your class is capable of doing and try to balance it properly. And at that point, it should be a known quantity. But when you go back and make new balance changes that affect that core known quantity, then it could become kind of insane because it'll change all the elite specializations that have come before it as well. The core uh, stuff is good. The core stuff is really good because now nowadays, like the big argument about elite specializations and then just remaining powerful is like the fact that they 
never went back and did core stuff and they the fact they did go back and do core but it like you know there's a lot of core builds in the game right now that are very good and very strong like core necro um even people say that's too strong but i, I would disagree um core uh, bunker guardian big massive support oh. build in pvp right now it's so fun like that it's back and in, in, i'm loving that that's back um you know even like tempest now and like there's heart forms builds that are still being played and there's like path of fire it's such a mix it's yeah. really really good the problem is the only problem that there has ever been and there ever will be with elite specializations with past specs it's simple balance balance has yeah. always been the issue and that covers cruise point that covers your point boost covers all our points you know because it's like about bringing the things out and then when they're out looking at them and saying this is broken man <laughs> this is just straight up bad for the game let's take it yeah. out and redesign it let's get if something tell people that that's something we're going to do rather than leave this thing in the game not talk about it and then just adjust it a little tiny bit over time because it's not good it's really like and this is where i really will just get on my <laughs> soapbox about it's not good enough to just shave things off from time to time because sometimes you just need to say we need to squash this now because it's just wrecking yeah. the game like Jimbro, the game like mode. doing that so it all comes back to balance again doing that can create unknown new problems yeah, that you don't yeah, know yeah. about yet. That's why you so, need those. So one, one of the things seems, is yeah. that the reason why, for example, Scourge and Necromancers in general right now are a bit overtuned is because of the balance patch that they made to PvP in in core in general, which was reducing the damage overall, uh, making your CC not do damage anymore. Oh, yeah. When they did that, it made and they didn't and they also undertuned they they tuned down healing as well at the same time. Um, but they didn't tune down life force generation and life force in general. So that's why Necros right now got a bit of a bump, let's say. Um, and so, so when you make changes to the core functionality of the game, it'll have unintended consequences for your elite specs. But if you make a new elite spec based on things that you already know should exist and should remain constant, it shouldn't be a big issue. It just needs to be yeah. looked like they just need to have consistent watches the over this kind of stuff going on. We're now in this scenario where okay. those existing elite spec problems were never addressed. And even if they were, or like even even core fundamental changes similar to the PvP stuff, that has now empowered things like Reaper and Scourge. So you also have to be active to touch on those things. They don't necessarily have to be sweeping redesigns, but you have to kind of acknowledge it and say, okay, Reaper, you're going a little nuts right now. Scourge, what's wrong? And then start to, to adjust accordingly. And it really, thankfully, hasn't necessarily been every profession. It's only been these outliers. I mean, there's these a lot of professions that have problems. I mean, Reaper oh, yeah. isn't Reaper isn't as bad as some of the other stuff. It's Scourge is the worst at the moment. Scourge is 100 percent awful. Oh, that thing just needs to be straight out removed. I but got, it's like, I got my salt shaker stuff. again. Go on, go on. I mean, on I, this isn't a balanced stream, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, I know. But this will maybe seal it up and give us a transition point, Jebra. Let me know what you think. Cool, cool, cool. Probably need it. <laughs> I read a great article recently about that that reflects a reality that i think a lot of us who show up on things like podcasts tend to forget 
that 80% of the players who play a game never look outside the game for anything. Yeah. And of, of, of the people who do, of that 20% who actually look outside the game, only a quarter of those actually say what they think. Mm. So balance problems, I think, are great fodder for we dedicated few, but how much effect do they actually have on the people who are just playing the game? I often do wonder about that. Content. I do wonder That's about sweet. that. So true. Like, you know, how much do people really care? Like, as long as they can press the buttons. And I think Guild Wars 2 specifically, like, it's really like the more competitive people probably as well. I don't, I would like to hope that people think about these kinds of things, but I just legitimately like how many maybe people in chat we've got 96 people in chat how many people really genuinely care about balance and who cares more about like their abilities and how fun it is to just play the thing and like but do you need to feel like you're doing a ton of damage like is it like because i i don't know because personally i've just always known balance and always thought about balance especially being a pvp player like balance is such an indicative important thing and i think that's important for like raiders or um yeah i would say people it depends on how interested you are in group content yeah if you're not playing group content who cares it's true and how many people actually engage with group content in guild wars 2 that's a good question. I mean, if they jump there, and because the open world stuff is a gr- is technically group, but it's not like uh, it's not group. Well, I can tell you one thing: hundred percent of people are going to uh, start uh, engaging in group content once those skiffs and fishing come out. Yeah, baby. Yeah, Emo- wait, I, Oof, let's go. I mean, just for a second, choo, just choo. got on my little salt train for a minute. It was so I do apologize if it sounded like I was being negative because I I just love the game. We talk about if we talk about the game things we you know like all the time. We can't put in some. Uh, they know how I feel about balance. I think everyone knows how they feel, we feel about balance. But like at the end of the day, still love the game, and that's the important thing. Um, and the skiffs and the fishing, yes, thank you, boots, uh, and the also. Pulling of the chain from Nick, <laughs> or the pulling of the whatever that is. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Van trains. Yeah, what? I don't chain know. horn. Chain horn. No, there we go. That's that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, there are definitely other devs who do well, but that again, like you compare it to other games, they're more specifically focused on one mode and one thing. I think with yeah. Guild Wars Two generally, and I think this is where I can start to bring the podcast a bit of a close is that guild wars 2 has technically got three modes which are very successful in different ways even though world v world hasn't had the love that it's had or needed for a long time it still has so many people playing it you, there are still queues at nighttime pacific like um even pacific like eight o'clock which is like eastern you know 11 there's still queues on servers at times and i'm in like a lower server as well like a lower matchup as pvp is still pretty good to the point where you know you still get during the monthly automated tournaments like 20 plus teams on na and probably more on eu there's a lot of people engaging in content there's a lot of people still running around the world no matter what map you go to there's metas being run there's world bosses being played there's still stuff going on there's people featuring a lot of raid content on twitch that's a lot of the content you see on twitch specifically all right, not many people play it, but a lot of people are showcasing it. Um, but, like, there's still, like, there's so many different modes and so many things to think about. In terms of balance, that's very, very difficult and very, very hard. And I think that it's a com- I think it's a compliment to the arena that, that people, so many people still play so many different modes in the game specifically, which is good. 
It makes their job harder, though, because <laughs> then they have to focus on everything at the same time and think about how each thing affects each thing and how they separate each of the different classes and specializations and what should be strong and where it should be strong. So hopefully with that team, that would be awesome. But is there anything else anyone wanted to add about uh, fishing and skiffs before we kind of do our outros and, and head off or anything about today, maybe? Or the elite specialization? Um anything else because i think uh people need to kind of have to i'm know. just saying if, if it's a thief of the fan y'all are gonna eat your words yeah i think it is a thief uh, the fan. i think it's a thief with a focus yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay well there we go that is the uh lightbringers episodes kind of 23 because i'm gonna make like three different videos out of this um, <laughs> and um yeah thank you so much everyone for coming on i hope everyone enjoyed it in the chat as well and uh here live on twitch as well as watching the vod on youtube uh and and on anchor.fm and other things like spotify itunes your favorite podcasts (laughs) proved it apparently uh so much proof you can start with you since you gasped very loudly where do we find all you and all your bits and bobs Okay. Hi everyone. <laughs> I'm Kroof. I do a lot of YouTube stuff. And sometimes, very often actually, get invited to come talk on this podcast. Yeah. But um yeah, I do a lot of YouTube. I do some streaming Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I might be doing a little bit more of that on Twitch. But yeah, I mostly love having a good old Mimi time and talking about Guild Wars 2. Love intense discussions. But thank you for inviting me once again, Jebro. Lovely talking to you, Boots and Teague good times <laughs> awesome good stuff indeed thank you very much Coop, for joining us again boots that's what you do where you do it hi i'm boots uh you can find me at world avengers on youtube or on twitter and uh i am making legendaries right now um, because i need to prepare for end of dragons to do my new builds and uh, the other hosts of this podcast all told me to tell everybody in chat to send me all your gold so i can make those legendaries faster thank you very much okay awesome thank you very much for being here again boots a pleasure and then we have last but not least first time on the lightbringers podcast it's dig dig thoughts tell us where we can find you and all of the things my friend that's right twitter twitch youtube dig thoughts um i'm a podcaster i'll be interviewing the composer for Guild Wars 2, McLean Deemer, on my stream next week. Ooh, that's big. Love it. So come check that out. If you have great questions for him, please send them to me so I can ask them. That would be great. September 16th. Come check it out. Damn. Um, and much more to come. Yeah, watch the go to go to Dean's YouTube channel. He's interviewed me as well. So you can find out more stuff about me if you want. They get they're in-depth conversations. They're very awesome. Okay, other than that, I am Jebro, twitch.tv slash Jebro Unity on the YouTubes, the Twitch, the Twitter, the Instagram, and the TikTok, and all the things. I've been chucking out tons of reels and stuff recently, and it's uh, been fun to see what you all engage in and what you find hilarious. Apparently, me getting crap scared is something that people like to watch, so that's funny. Um, anyway, go and check out this. If you want to support the podcast, there's a link uh, on the anchor.fm site. Otherwise, 
There is links for everyone in the description below, as well as some information elsewhere in the description as well, where you can follow people and go and check out their stuff. Otherwise, thank you very much for watching the Light Bringers episode 23 fishing skiffs all the things elite specialization uh information is going to be separate to this so if you want to go and listen to that and watch that go and check that out world v world alliances so many things thank you very much for watching and listening to the Lightbringers. we will see you next time